God is not a God of disorder or confusion, but is the God of peace. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning stars rise in your hearts. You are tuning into the Tribe of Christians podcast with host Brandon Dawson, the chief sinner, bringing you a peace of mind, clarity, insight, and perspective to the world you live in by the word of God, featuring the latest updates on end time prophecy news. Don't, Don't forget, forget to subscribe to the, to the Tribe, Tribe of Christians, Christians broadcast, broadcast, either on Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Facebook, or YouTube at tribeofchristians.com. Without further ado, here is your host and teacher, The Chief Sinner. Welcome to 2019, and thank you for tuning in to the Tribe of Christians podcast. I'm your host, the Chief Sinner. Is there an end times prophetic warning and message for the year 2019? Could the sign of Jonah and the number nine point towards an increase of natural disasters and war? I'm going to take you through the biblical and prophetic patterns of the number nine in the Bible and show you what this year could possibly have in store for you, me, and the world. So on New Year's Eve, my wife and I were here at our home watching CNN's live coverage of Times Square's countdown to the ball drop. And before you jump to any conclusions, I am in no way, any way, shape, or form a supporter or viewer of CNN. And I only pull facts from CNN on a very rare case-by-case basis. So this is kind of like a special occasion here. So anyways, my wife and I were here watching the live coverage thinking that this was going to be a nice event. And although I can't say that I'm the slightest bit surprised, but the show was absolutely crazy. And I was cringing through the entire thing as they continuously showcased a drag queen show and advocated for gay, lesbian, and LGBTQ rights. Throughout the entire show, it was like a constant reminder of the horrific sin problems plaguing the United States right now. But ironically, ironically, during the show, the show's co-host Anderson Cooper was interviewing Cher talking about the wildfires, and he testified without hesitation. He said, we are living in the age of natural disasters. And I don't even think he realized the implications of the words that he just said. Jesus says in Matthew 24, 4-8, concerning when the end will come, Jesus said, Watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, claiming that I am the Messiah, and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. And all these are the beginning of birth pains. How true 
were Anderson's Cooper's words right there and how relevant that even a non-believer can recognize the signs of the end times, although they miss the most important and relevant sign of them all, which is Jesus. How we need to pray for the truth of the gospel message of Jesus to prosper. How we need to pray for repentance and obedience for the revival of the church to occur. So I'm going to talk about the number nine, the sign of the number nine, and the sign of Jonah. In Jesus' very words, Jesus says that famine, war, and earthquakes will increase and be as frequent and severe like birthing pains of childbirth. The number nine, biblically, often represents a finality and judgment period, but is also represented for the amount of time it takes for conception, which is nine months in the womb. And since we are now in the year 2019, or Hebrew year 5779, I am seeing very similar prophetic patterns occurring, the sign of the number nine and how it correlates to the sign of Jonah. There is no doubt in my mind that God is absolutely sending us a warning sign and a message similar to the ones that he has sent in the past. Just in a couple of years, we've seen a record number of increasing mass shootings and public acts of evil. We have seen horrific evil laws being passed into legislation, and we have seen a record number of hurricanes, earthquakes, and insanely amounts of wildfires that are burning the western coast of the United States. And we're seeing a record number of just stuff that used to be a rare occasion, a rare occurrence of happening, but now it's on a regular basis. And just the other day, I saw a fact that the number one leading cause of death now in the United States is abortion. Abortion. We have seen very similar patterns that have occurred before in the Bible just prior to a significant event that occurred with Israel and with judgment of sin. There are at least two examples in the Bible where a massive genocide occurred towards babies, and in both situations, something very big was on the horizon. Now, the first incident was in the birth of Moses. The Egyptians feared the large increased growth of Hebrews and not only began inflicting harsh oppressive conditions and forced slavery, but they also began killing off every newborn male child. Now the second incident was at the time of the birth of Jesus. King Herod was afraid of the Bible prophecies of the Messiah, and therefore he issued a decree to kill off all the newborn males two years old or younger. And it seems that at any time a big change is on the horizon where God is about to move on a generation, the enemy attempts to kill off that generation and people whom are being raised up. And right now, millions upon millions are being murdered in the name of abortion and how the fight right now is to stand up and stop that. It appears to me that there is a significant move, an event on horizon that God is about to do. 
very disappointing to most of us Christians to see the GOP lose the House majority in the midterm elections. Nearly a couple months later, we're still here trying to understand the aftermath of it all. To some, it was just another political election event. To others, it was a sign of how well or not the Trump administration is doing. But to me, it revealed a clear direction and affirmation of a great movement and awakening coming amongst God's people. A sign of repentance and a sign of revival. The sign of the ninth hour which is coming to America. Now, looking back on American and world history, the movements of what is known as the First Great Awakening, which impacted the British colonies of early America between the 1730s and 1740s, was at a time during the, the highlight of the Enlightenment or the Age of Reasoning was beginning to happen and to have impacts on the church, which was just prior to the Revolutionary War. Now, the Enlightenment movement led to a serious decline in morality, a significant drop in church attendance, and an overall decrease in zeal and reverence for God's Word. This was also the time of expansion and discovery with all these different new inventions and all these themes which are loudly reoccurring in today's society, but in the name of peace and in in the name of democracy, the Bible warns us that the Antichrist will come as a, as a false messiah in the name of peace, that he'll be able to conquer many nations. So, But except back then, nobody during that time would have stood for abortion for the complete lawlessness which is being openly exemplified in today's times. At least back then, there was a level of modesty. There was code and honor, respect, and a general fear of God. But it was men like George Whitfield and Jonathan Edwards that began to see what was going on, and they saw the steep decline in the need for repentance and to beckon the call of God to recapture the souls of Christians and to reach the lost for Christ which led to the very inspiration and the ideologies of America's independence in the Revolutionary War. Now, I wonder if there are any George Whitfields and Jonathan Edwards out there today willing to take up the mantle, to take up the fight, the task of reaching the broken and the lost for the beckoning harbinger call of the prophetic and of the prophets and evangelists. And at the hour of the Lord's great coming to Israel stood the forerunner, John the Baptist, who stood in the scorching deserts and in the wilderness outside of the city's gates calling for people to repent, to be baptized, and to flee the wicked generation and the judgment that was coming. Now, not too long ago, I stood in the very historic Boston's Old North Church that showcased Whitfield and Edwards sermons, which that place served it serves as a focal point of the beginning of the Revolutionary War, which resulted in today's United States of America. 
Now, it was bone chilling to me to stand in that very place where whispers of sedition and talks of freedom echoed in its halls and chambers, where the call of obedience and repentance pierced into the hearts of all who were willing to listen, and in that very same place where Whitfield preached, turn back to God. In 2019, we see a soaring popularity of the ideas and the ideologies of secularism, of socialism, and enlightenment thinking, where the world envies climate control over love, where the popular belief is lawlessness rather than order. We live in a time in a world where the popular voice says, you be whoever you want to be and do what ever you want to do as long as you fit into our views and into our agenda. But anything that contradicts sin, that defines the natural laws of nature, anything that questions your morality, your values, anything that questions the belief is demonized and attacked. In this time of history, right now, it's about culture without responsibility or consequence. Hate is love, and love is hate. Order is chaos, and chaos is order. What is right is wrong, and what is wrong is right. Everything is backwards and redefined. Laws are being rewritten to support lawlessness. Laws are being changed to support abomination, sexuality, and transgenderism. We have sanctuary cities that protect evading criminals and trespassers, that find and circulate abortion clinics, that hide illegal immigrants. It is clear, absolutely clear, without a doubt, that we are in the time where the rise of lawlessness is greatly upon us as prophesied concerning the end times that the beginning of Jacob's trouble and the beginning of the birthing pains are upon the horizon and are knocking at our front door. The election of President Donald Trump isn't about the GOP or the Republican agenda, but it represents the last remaining evangelical voice in the United States. We are dying. We're fading out. We are losing a war against idealism, realism, and lawlessness. We're but a few in a remnant. And it's clear to me from the events and the investigations during the nomination of Supreme Court Judge Brett Kavanaugh that there is a fight coming here in 2019 and there is a new dawn on the horizon that the world will be going through changes and setting up its stage to be judged. This year, everything you hold dear is going to be on the front line and God is going to bring each and every single one of you to a point of decision. The number nine in the Bible has several distinctive symbols and characteristics, but they all carry the overtone of the finality and judgment. You have probably heard the phrase before, the ninth hour, which is also known as the hour of prayer. The number nine consists of three sets of threes representing the Holy Trinity. The number three divinely represents the Holy Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, but exemplified in a full set of three, which represents divine judgment and atonement. 
in Matthew 16.4 concerning the rise of a wicked and lawless generation. Jesus said, A wicked and adulterous generation looks for a sign, but none will be given except the sign of Jonah. Then Jesus turned from them and went away. Now, what is the sign of Jonah? In the height of the Assyrian Empire, during their time, the prophet Jonah was sent to the capital of the Assyrian Empire, which is known as Nineveh, to preach a grave warning to repent or be destroyed. Now, God had actually raised up the Assyrians as an instrument and a tool of punishment towards Israel. During the times of Jeremiah, as decreed against Israel for Israel's complete disobedience and idolatry against God. And they were completely, the Assyrians were completely fierce and ruthless people. Absolutely ruthless and brutal people. The Assyrians' attack against Israel left Israel completely defenseless and ruined, naked and helpless. It was so bad that Jeremiah describes the times, these times in the book of Lamentations that resulted to cannibalism and eating their young and their babies. It's literally a scene out of the worst apocalyptic nightmare you could ever imagine. And yet Jesus says that it will come again. Now, if you would briefly just turn with me in your Bible to Isaiah chapters 9 and 10. That's Isaiah's chapters 9 and 10, and in chapter 9, starting in verse 18, which reads, Surely wickedness burns like a fire. It consumes briars and thorns. It sets the forest thickets ablaze so that it rolls upward in a column of smoke. But the wrath of the Lord Almighty, the land will be scorched and the people will be fuel for the fire. They will not spare one another. On the right they will devour, but still be hungry. On my left they will eat, but not be satisfied. Each will feed on the flesh of their own offspring. Manasseh will feed on Ephraim, and Ephraim on Manasseh. Together they will turn against Judah. Yet for all this his anger is not turned away. His hand is still appraised. That's in your Bible, folks, right there. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 18, talking about cannibalism, talking about even burning human beings for fire and for food. Now turn with me to chapter 10. Woe to those who make unjust laws. To those who issue oppressive decrees, this is starting in verse 1. To deprive the poor of their rights and withhold justice from the oppressed of my people, making widows their prey and robbing the fatherless. What will you do on the day of reckoning? When disaster comes from afar, to whom will you run for help? Where will you leave your riches? Nothing will remain, but no cringe among the captives for Fall among the slain. Woe to the Assyrian, the rod of my anger, and those whose hand is the club of my wrath. I send him against a godless nation. I dispatch him against a people who anger me to seize loot and snatch plunder and to trample them down like mud in the streets. But this is not what he intends. This is not what he has in mind. His purpose is to destroy 
to put an end to many nations. Now, interesting to note here that God is saying that he is bringing the Assyrian against a godless nation. He is calling Israel a godless nation, his own people and his own nation. That's important to note here. Some people think that uh, God wouldn't do such a thing, that he's a loving God. And some people think that because Christ, because Jesus came, fulfilled his mission on the cross, but yet somehow that yet Jesus isn't still Lord and God at the same time, a part of the Holy Trinity. You know, he is, um, the, the Bible calls him an advocator for truth. Also, that he is faithful to his promises and his word and that the bible tells us that vengeance is um god's so skip on to verse 10 which reads as my hand sees the kingdoms of the idols kingdoms whose images excel those of jerusalem and samaria shall i not deal with jerusalem and her images as i dealt with samaria and her idols now, this is some serious stuff here, and to be quite honest, I think the United States, in part, is more guilty than Israel or Assyria at that point. And if God holds his own people accountable, okay, which he states in verse 10 and 11, how much more will he hold the Gentile nations accountable? Now, I want you to think about that thought for just a second. God holds his people accountable. He holds the world accountable. Just because Jesus died on the cross for our sins doesn't mean that God isn't still holding us accountable. You know, what's the proof in that? I want you to think about Israel. Think about Israel for a moment, even after Jesus' death on the cross. What happened when Jesus died? Within three days, the temple split. It split open. And the temple was ended up being destroyed by the Romans. And then the people of Israel were scattered through the whole earth over 2,000 years until Israel was regathered in, in 1948 when Israel was reestablished as a nation. Over 2,000 years, the people of Israel did not have a home. And that was after the birth of Christ. And they were the ones who actually rejected Jesus. So God still is a very zealous and very jealous and fierce God. And so, of course, Assyria was an absolute tool of destruction and death to Israel. And for whatever reason, God has grace for the people in the city of Nineveh, and he sent his prophet Jonah to preach repentance. And it's interesting, if you go through and read in the book of Jonah, Jonah actually does not want to go to Nineveh. He flees in his disobedience to God because Jonah admits that if he preaches repentance, that will give the people of Nineveh the chance for grace and for mercy to receive forgiveness. And Jonah did not think that the people of Nineveh deserved God's grace, but yet God pours his grace so sparingly upon us for anyone who is willing to call out upon his name and repent from sins. So fortunately for them, they believed God and there was a peace in that city for about 40 years until God raised up the Babylonians against Assyria and ultimately judged Assyria. The ninth hour 
is right at our doorstep. And because we are drawing so near to the times of the end, lawlessness and evil are going to rise more severely in infrequency. And just as Anderson Cooper said, we are living in the age of natural disasters, and it's only going to get worse. Whenever evil existed on the planet, aside from natural disasters, Whenever a nation was committing sin, God would raise up an evil nation and an evil empire to oppress and punish those who have committed sin. And we're going to get into this discussion a lot more down the road um, in other podcasts when we get into the rise of the Antichrist and the rise of the New World Empire. But yet, so believe it or not, God will be, this is a sign that there is a new empire on the verge of rising, and it's coming, and the purpose is to judge sin. Just as God raised the Assyrians against Israel, God is going to be raising up a new people that are going to conquer the world in the name of peace. Now, the earth is reacting to all of the sin and the evil that is being committed This means, yes, that these natural disasters are only going to pick up and become more severely than ever before. Now, looking back at 2018, we saw an evil and corrupt investigation against Judge Kavanaugh during his confirmation process. Right now, America is committing one of the gravest sins in acts of evil against God And it's through the act of abortion, which many compare to Baal worship. For those of you who regularly follow our podcast and blog, you'll remember the articles we did on this showing how the the Arch of Baal was erected over our capital in Washington, D.C. during the hearing process. This absolutely wasn't a coincidence. And the reason many oppose Kavanaugh is because Judge Kavanaugh actually represents pro-life and is against abortion. So they did everything that they can think of and conjure up to come against Kavanaugh. And is it a coincidence that all of this is rising up in this exact time and place, 2019, Hebrew year 5779? It isn't. Absolutely is not a coincidence, but it is a precise sign and a warning of what's to come. Now, also, I believe God is giving the church the same chance Nineveh had to repent and to turn away from sin. There are other signs to the number nine that coincide with revival. There are nine gifts of the Spirit which are listed in the Bible. Wisdom, knowledge, faith, healings, miracles, prophecy, discernment, tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. That can be found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1-11. through 11. There are also nine fruits of the Spirit, which is love, peace, joy, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's Galatians 5, 22-23. Now, the purpose of the gifts and the purpose of the fruit of the Spirit are to bring encouragement, edification, growth, and 
unity among the body of Christ. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost occurred during the ninth hour of prayer. That's right. At the ninth hour of prayer, when they were praying, is when Pentecost occurred. And interestingly, Pentecost means 50, in which 50 means liberation and freedom to the Jews. It's celebrated 50 days after Passover, which Christians celebrate Easter or the death and resurrection of Jesus. On the 50th day, or on the 50th year, known as a Jubilee, land was returned, debt was forgiven, and captives were set free. How interesting how God chose 50 or the day of Pentecost to send his Holy Spirit as a sign of liberation and freedom. Now, September is also the ninth month of the solar calendar, which is the harvest month in which the fields are reaped. And the tenth is given in tithes and offerings. These tithes and offerings were used as sacrificial offerings for atonement of sin and to feed the poor and the Levitical temple priest. Interesting to note that Jesus talks about the harvest of the wheat and the tares, alluding to the end times, and how there will be a reaper in the book of Revelation, the end times, who will reap the earth of its harvest. Now, children are also carried, of course, we mentioned, for nine months in the mother's womb until birth. Jews traditionally believe the world was created in September, and many historians and scholars also contribute September as the actual birth month of Jesus. So what does all this mean for us this year? What are some of the things that we can possibly witness and expect? Now, this is definitely going to be a year of opposition against the church and against the Word of God. The Lord showed me that although traditionally the opposing party usually wins in the midterm elections, the purpose of the democratic control of the House is to actually humble and move the president to prayer and faith. There is going to be ongoing intense and difficult investigations like never before against a U.S. president, against President Trump. There will be an impeachment attempts, but the purpose, like I said, is to lead the president to prayer, to humble him, and to bring about a unity and a faith movement with the church, just as it happened with Judge Kavanaugh. Now, he's going to play a major role also in the Supreme Court decisions that are going to forever alter the outcome and the rights of unborn children in the United States. There's going to be a fight against the biblical ordained marriage in the Supreme Court, but victory, I believe, will be given to God's people. We're also going to see natural disasters rise to a whole new and different level than before. Severe, huge earthquakes and volcanoes devastating fires worse than we've seen before, increases in huge storms and hurricanes. Now, all these events are purpose to serve as a sharpening and humbling tool for God's people, like the times of the Great Awakening to inspire faith and to inspire faith in God, to lead men and women to answer the call and the rise to the occasion. So there is hope. This is a time for hope. It's not a time for despair. It's a time to rise up to the occasion. There are, like I said in the very beginning, that there's this remnant of people 
of a remnant of people that God has been building for a time and a season such like this. These people do not know fear. They are likened to the both the spirit of David and the prophet Elijah. They are not inflicted by, they're not influenced by culture or society. They will not be succumbed to circumstances or situations. These are people who God has prepared and are able to face any and every single situation. They will rise from the homeless shelters. They'll be found in your prisons. They'll be the outcasts and the rejected, the unpopular and the unknowns. There is a mighty generation that is being conceived right now from the wombs that were closed, from the ones saved from abortions, from ones preserved for a time such as now. These are children that are being born to women who haven't been able to bear children. These are children who will serve as a sign of God's faithfulness through His Son, Jesus. They will see signs and wonders and have the ability to speak things that no one has ever been able to speak or do before. And mysteries and great knowledge is going to be revealed to them that will bring about miracles and deliverance. And as it says over 365 times in the Bible, do not be afraid. God is able to use the least and the smallest. God is able to deliver and do mighty works even from the worst of us if we are only willing to seek Him. And great times of adversity call for a great call of responsibility and faith. Every enemy attack is an opportunity for faith and victory. Have faith and have hope. Take heart and take courage as we face 2019. Now, will you pray with me in agreement and belief and in faith over this word? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. Thank you for your word and your Holy Spirit. Father, we pray in your every word and promise to be true. We pray that you may lead us in our hearts into repentance back to you to give you the honor and the glory you deserve. We pray for the deliverance of oppression of your people from the enemy, and we pray for the deliverance of evil. May you watch over us and lead us as we continue to seek you. In your Son, in Jesus' name that I pray, amen. Now you can find more great teachings just like this one on our website at tribeofchristians.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, subscribe to this podcast for future updates and to spread the gospel message. This concludes this podcast episode. I am the Chief Sinner with the Tribe of Christians, and may God continue to bless you and be with you always.